Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. I hope you're all having a beautiful Friday morning. Uh, I'm here with my two lovely ladies, the Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. How are you guys doing? I need a vacation. <laughs> ah, I'm right there with you. Where would you like to go? <laughs> Somewhere uh, with a beach. A beach sounds lovely because all of our pools are closed. So, Yeah, our, our podcast is going to be a little bit chill, a little bit different. Yeah, but we do have some good news. A, we do have some good news. Yeah. That we're going to go into. Where I'm going to talk about a little, a little bit about the Twitter hack that happened yesterday because that's pretty funny. Uh, COVID data going to the White House bypassing the CDC. Uh, an, up, an update on Maxwell. Uh, Corey wants to talk about vaccines. We're also going to mention her new article and mention our new vid. So, anything else I missed there, Corey, that you want to? Oh gosh, there's all kinds of fun little tidbits we can throw in between there. Lots of stuff to cover. Lots of stuff to cover, but we are going to have more of a general chat this yeah, afternoon. And, about and, and, and we're well. definitely, you know, there's a few things where we're kind of on the offense, so I like that. I'm tired that's, of being on the defense all the time. It gets exhausting, you know? Well, that's good. That's positive. Yeah. So, something positive, because there has been a little bit of dark, dark energies going on this last week. Which oh my gosh, those last few months. Yeah. And, the, and the Twitter hack, I spent, as you guys know, I spent half the damn day trying to blow up my stupid inflatable pool because we don't have <laughs> pools around here, and then filling it with water only to find the, the top road deflated on me. So I, had, I was sent a defective pool, very frustrating. So then I come in and I hop on Twitter to catch up on some news. And I see, oh, well, there was this big hack going on. What did I miss? <laughs> so tell us what the heck happened. What was going on yeah, with that? So, so this is a massive hack. It's what they call a doubling scheme. Um, I'm just surprised at how they've managed to do this because this is not like some low-level hacker who managed to pull this off. They, they managed to hack Kim Kardashian's account, uh, Kanye, uh, Kanye West, I think, Warren Buffett, Barack Obama, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, also wow. Wen Wendy's, Uber, Cash App, Bloomberg, uh, Apple. <laughs> right? Like, I, did, so I did see the tweet come out of Bezos about, about paying, um, send me some Bitcoin and I'll... <laughs> double it back to you. And I'm like, oh no, oh no, please tell me people aren't falling for this. That's how I first caught on to, okay, there's a hack. <laughs> Was yeah, Joe so, Biden also on that list? Yep, yeah, yeah, Joe Biden also. Wow. There's actually a lot more, some prominent YouTubers. But uh, Trump wasn't. Uh, no, no Republicans were, not that I know of. Huh. Most of them were all Democrats. Um, huh. So the message read, I'm giving back to the community. All Bitcoin sent to this address below will be sent back had doubled. If you send one thousand dollars, I'll send back two thousand. Only doing this for thirty minutes. Um, I think they made about ten and a half grand off this, by the way, and it was uh, it was only up at about for about half an hour. What? An hour? <laughs> yes, yeah, so actually, people actually did send their bag, and I kind of feel bad for a lot of people because I read some messages underneath, and I was like, yeah. "Oh God, you fell for that." It, it's 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 Can't sad when people fall for that, but you got to. You got to discern these things. Come on. Where does it go to? Does it go to like a GoFundMe or does it? I mean, because it was a Bitcoin, right? No, so, so, so yeah, so it's a Bitcoin address. So it goes to a Bitcoin wallet, which is a non-traceable wallet. Oh, okay, so there's no so all way the, all the Bitcoin can that. go to that. So all the Bitcoin can go to that wallet. Then they can change from their Bitcoin wallet to another wallet, and then you just lose track of the transaction. So. Yeah, and it's totally so, anonymous. You can't. You can't totally find anonymous. out. That's the that's the benefit of Bitcoin. Why so, they so, Bitcoin? So what's dear Jack saying about all of this? What are, what are they concluding that how the hack got in? Oh, and then there was some a lot of stuff going on. Wasn't um, Chrissy Tagon? Wasn't she like removing thousands of tweets or something, or blocking a million people, or some crazy stuff while this was happening? Uh, yeah, that that was the other day. We can we can get into that in a minute. Oh, is that but, separate uh, from this? It's completely separate from this. Well, some people think it's linked because she said something about a, a blockchain and what they use as a blockchain to switch cryptocurrency around. 
So it is a little bit suspicious, but I don't think Chrissy Teigen will have any idea about how this hack or how that worked. So I just think that's a coincidence, but who knows? Um, but so this is what they call a doubling screen. Um, it's <laughs> predominantly used in video games. Um, so like personal story, back in the day, so the games like RuneScape and Warcraft uh, that I used to play, people used to do this stuff all the time. It used to be like, hey, send me like 10K gold and I'll send you 20K back. I just need to do some like work on my armor or something real quickly. Give me five minutes, I'll send it back to you, right? And because a lot of these players are kids, they'll be like, yeah, sweet, jump at the chance, like, double your money. <laughs> People used to do this all the time. I used to do this. I don't feel bad about it, right? But like, and, and so they'll give you like 10K and so you give them 20K back and they'll be like, oh, this person's really trustworthy. And then you come back to them again going, hey, can you give me like 50K? And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just take their cash and they can't treat you back. <laughs> You send it to like people used to do it all the time in MMOs, right? So the fact that this actually a doubling scheme in the real world, yeah, kind of like blew me away because I never thought I'd see it. Wow! And the fact that I, and and these people were like to do this to break through those firewalls and a lot of these accounts, especially Apple, especially politicians, they have like double authorization. So a lot of people were thinking this is an inside job because of how fast it happened. Huh. Yeah, I heard something about that, that maybe the Twitter uh, tech people or the, uh, what was it, like the customer service people were somehow implicated Admin. or involved? I've it, heard something like that. Yeah, I, I heard that going around. We don't know yet. I mean, Jack sent out a tweet uh, the other day going, tough day for us at Twitter. We all feel terrible this happened. We're diagnosing and we will share everything we can that they won't when we have more complete understanding of exactly what happened. Yeah. Right. This is a hundred percent Twitter's fault. All those people that lost money. This is a hundred percent Twitter's fault. To have such a lax insecurity like this is incredible. Wow. I wonder how this is all going to play out. Very interesting. Well, um, Potus said something about it too. <laughs> I oh, did he? I did. I did actually, no. I think it was an old tweet. It was. It was. It was like a 2013 tweet. tweet that people started recirculating yesterday. Yeah. This. And I, yeah, so, but it was kind of interesting because it lo sounded like it was just written yesterday or, you know. Right, right. Because of the, the relevance, but it was something to do with how insecure Twitter is. Right. So like, like there's, there's only a few people I think that could, a few teams I think that could pull this off. I, I think it's probably done by a hacking group called Lizard Squad because they're really good with social media hacking. Hmm. But um, yeah. Don't ask me why I know all of this. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh -huh. We won't ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think they're the only ones capable enough to pull off a hack this, this size and actually get away with some money. So. What do you think their motivation is? Um, other than to get a little money, um, it, it is a pretty sophisticated hack. There is kind of a trend as far as the people they selected to hack. Right. Um, so what do you think the real motivation is if there's an ulterior motive? Well, hackers that do things like this, um, it's generally not for money. It's generally to see if they know how to do it or if they can do it. It's an ego thing. Hmm. Hmm. But like, because I know it like they're, they're sophisticated hacks when you're trying to get information through certain organizations or government bodies. And then there's hacks for shits and giggles. And right. this well, to saw, me just looks like a hack for shits and giggles. I saw something and I think it was zero hedge on Twitter. They kind of postulated their theory that it was like, now they're going to start blackmailing these people because they've accessed all of their DMS. And so I, oh, I, don't, I don't know of any truth to that, but you know, I guess maybe that's a, possibility could could be a possibility oh those are so, interesting dms although these people are probably somewhat careful with what they say in dms i would think yeah but you gotta remember a lot of these accounts are not run by like joe biden's account it's not run by joe biden well of course not right <laughs> At, like m most of these accounts i mean celebrities and stuff yeah but government politicians and and like bloomberg doesn't run his Twitter account come on doesn't have time for that yet. They hire people, they hire social media people to run these uh, social media accounts for them. So who knows if there is any DMs in there whatsoever. 
Yeah. But celebrities definitely would. Right. Definitely use it as a personal right, right. personal thing. The funny thing about it is all blue check marks went down for about an hour and everyone was celebrating. Oh, that was like, funny. They were yeah. like, woo! Yeah, now, it's, now it's our time to rise. But didn't they take down, they did take, yeah, it was like all blue check marks, but didn't they take down some big accounts too? Because I think like all of a sudden Lisa May got locked. She could retweet, but she couldn't tweet. Oh, did yeah. she? I, I, she I didn't say that. Yeah. And then she came back up, so... Crazy, yeah, I, I, crazy, I, I say. say. <laughs> I didn't see that, but that was that was definitely funny. But yeah, who, who knows where we're gonna go? As like jumping to this Chrissy Teigen thing now, she she deleted like twenty eight thousand tweets, and a wow. lot of it relating to pedophilia. Yes, at, at, at least indications to that. Screenshots things. are forever. Yeah, I know. I saw a lot certain. of that going around last night too. It was like a lot of stuff resurfacing, resurfacing that we were talking about. The same names, you know, some some of the same screenshots. Saw some new ones too, but stuff we were talking about a couple of years back, like all starting to resurface again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same thing happened with James Gunn. As soon as yeah. James Gunn got caught for this stuff, he started to mass to delete his Twitter account. You right. think these people would know by now, right? Right. People were retweeting his stuff last night, too. Oh, really? Yeah, that's good. Yep, I was seeing screenshots of that. Just just some of the things that, like, especially, like, that she was tweeting. Normal people don't tweet that stuff. Right. Like, it doesn't occur in people's heads. Right. Right? So it's it's, it's very strange. Yeah, like, going to jail for watching... girls do splits on on toddlers and tiaras or something it was just really yeah. gross well, half naked girls weird. there's just something about why well, i don't have it in front of me but there's just mm. something about watching half naked girls doing the splits and then some comment about yeah about her going to jail or something it's just yeah, creepy it's Sick just, stuff. It's not, you don't like, say stuff like that no normal people don't think stuff think like that stuff, more or yeah, less tweet stuff, stuff like, like that, that more or less put it out there in the universe. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, uh, the, that was our funny story of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The one before that, the one before that was the funny story. <laughs> the yeah. Twitter the hack. That one. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So did you guys see the national association of police organization fully endorsed Trump? It was like 241,000 police officers. Ooh, oh, nice. Very, very telling right there. Oh, yeah. what are they going to endorse Biden? I mean, who, right? The, the defund the police party? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's just the stupidest thing ever. Like, like you, you, you need more money in police forces. You need them to get trained better, right? Because the lack of money is not going to train better officers. It's going to train worse officers. It makes absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw de Blasio this week. He was out doing, you know, stumping or something, you know, doing a speech. And he was bragging about how there were fewer convicts in jail right now. I mean, we have like this, like, ginormous spike in crime in New York City because of all of these people being released due to COVID. And I mean, we're talking like two over 200% increase in crime and like violent crimes, too. And he's over here bragging about about it like it's a win right it's insane did you guys see jake tapper actually bashing como no no i was shocked i was shocked yeah so i think it was de blasio actually who tweeted out the poster did you see the new york poster where they showed like the little illustration yeah it's weird and so proud of it and it's like the mountain and climbing up the curve and how we beat the COVID and how we flatten the curve. And they've got all these silly little cartoons along the way, including like making fun of Trump. And there was a bunch of stuff in there. So everyone's bashing them going, are you kidding me? I mean, you guys have the highest death rate. They had like 30,000 deaths, which we all know is, you know, bogus numbers, but, and the nursing home situation. So I think I actually, I think, Trump may have retweeted someone who retweeted Tapper, I believe. And he was actually, he was actually bashing them about that poster. 
and how you shouldn't be bragging about this because you had the highest number of deaths. And then they brought on, what's that guy, the doctor, they always bring on the corrupt one. Is it Gupta? Is that who it is? Uh, I can't remember his on. name, but yeah, I know. Ex- I, I can see him in my mind. I just can't remember his name. Yeah. So then he comes on and it was kind of funny because if you look at his expression, he was, it almost felt like he was reluctantly agreeing with them. <laughs> <laughs> So that was kind of surprising, kind of surprising to see. Um, But that when it's that bad that they have to say something about it. Very interesting. And then, then the big news, at least for me personally, I feel like the biggest news of the week was them bypassing the CDC on the data because of the whole, I mean, I'm sure it was more than just the Florida scandal. We've all been screaming about these numbers being conflated and inflated. And the antibody tests, even the CDC admits, you know, there were just all the ways they're documenting the positive cases are duplicates. And so they busted, um, let's see, I don't have, let me pull up this article. So they busted, it was like 33 labs in Florida for reporting 100% positivity rate because they weren't reporting the negative results. And they were, so they were inflating all of these numbers in Florida. And we know, we've already seen the evidence. They've been doing this in Texas too. And um, so they got totally busted on that. Uh, listing it as, uh, let's see, the report showed that Orlando Health had a 98% positivity rate. However, when, uh, let's see, so I I happened to be on an article on Fox 35 News. They contacted the hospital and confirmed errors in the report. The positivity rate is only 9.4%, not 98%. So they come to find, you know, this happened at 33 labs. And then on the, I think it was the same day we got that news, or within 24 hours, we hear that they are now um, setting up the White House, set up new guidelines saying that all of the data needs to go to the, um, the like the state. HHS <clears throat> or something, right? Yeah, the US, uh, let's see. Let me just take, uh, let me look so I get this accurate here. It's, well, it's the hospitals as well as um, asking hospitals to send data to their state or federal contractor instead of the CDC. And the new guidance has eliminated direct contact between the CDC and hospitals, reversing the original mandate issued by the White House asking hospital administrators to send reports on coronavirus testing capacity, utilization, and patient flow to the agency on a daily basis. So, <clears throat> excuse me, Trump has been saying that he, he came out and said that, that he felt that the CDC was, you know, lying about the COVID numbers to keep the economy from coming back. And we've been screaming this because we've seen this and we, we've known people reporting that even nurses in some of these places are taking blank swabs and sending them in and they're coming back positive. And we've heard story after story of people standing in line and to get tested and they didn't want to stand in line anymore. So they left and then later end up getting a result that they tested positive. And there's just, there's so much mm, going on. So the fact that they are cutting the CDC out of this is freaking huge. And I'm hoping that that means they're going to start draining the swamp part of the CDC, like Redfield needs to be out of there. I, I don't know why he was put in there in the first place. He needs to be out of there. This guy goes back decades with these people. Yeah. Won't that be awesome? I'm so glad that they cut the CDC out uh, of that whole chain. So hopefully we're going to get some more accurate numbers, 9% to 98%. That is a huge difference. Oh I know. Gosh. I know. And the thing is, is they're using these numbers to justify their actions and their mandates. And, oh, that was another one. Hang on. I have to go to my Twitter account to find this. Um, I meant to pull this over to my notes last night because the Louisiana AG released 
and I'll put this link underneath. Um, so Jeff Landry, the Louisiana attorney general released a nine page legal opinion that the Democrat governor's mask mandate is totally, you know, is unconstitutional, but I encourage people to read this and share this because, you know, he's got legal sightings in there and it's a really solid paper. And essentially what he's saying is, and it goes beyond just the mask too. It's some of the other mandates they're putting on businesses and whatnot that he's, he's basically sounding a warning bell that, Hey, if you're police officers or sheriffs out there, you know, if you think, you know, you can't be finding these people, you can't be arresting these people because this will never hold up in court. So if the governor wants to set these mandates, fine, but this cannot be legally enforced. So my question is, and I don't know, because I, you know, I'm not, I'm not in, in law. Um, as the AG, since the governor put this in as an executive order, and the AG is clearly saying this is not something that can be legally enforced, and, and I think it's important that he wrote this nine-page opinion, you know, but how many people are realistically going to see that? Because not a lot of media is probably going to cover it. Can he not override this EO or the language of it and say, look, this can only be put out as voluntary, not mandatory? I don't know. D do you guys know? Or do you know no it? idea. <laughs> no, I, I just feel like why is this an opinion like why can't he take it one step further than that right I, I would imagine that um if he, he, he's a lawyer right this this individual who wrote this right, he's the he's the AG of he's Louisiana. the AG okay gosh yeah okay so um is he representing anybody I mean as the AG I would assume not I mean so I know this was just this is a nine page legal opinion on how this the mask mandate is likely unconstitutional yeah so I don't know if what kind of authority the AG has over the over an executive it, order by so I, I really don't know how I mean clearly goes. he's he's saying you know that the governor is overstepping his authority by doing this and making it seem as though this could be legally enforced. And you most certainly cannot charge fines or, you know, throw someone in jail for this. It's, it's, it's not a crime. It's not. I would imagine that the opinion is then designed to inspire, you know, private lawyers to represent people in these cases and the AG would then back that up. And I think right. that's what, what far is, is done. Is, why the hell does it have to get that far? You know, right. why can't it be restated as voluntary? If they just swapped out mandatory for voluntary, that would change the, the psychological battle and fears that so many people are having right now. I mean, sadly, too they much have work. people scared of this virus. Oh, of course they do. Too much work. Yeah, and I think it was, I want to say like in the last week, there were 181 COVID-related deaths. But we already know. I mean, they were saying in, um, I can't think of the woman's name, who was standing up there next to Pritzker in that one little press conference they did. But people that are in hospice, they're given three weeks to live. If they get, end up getting COVID, they write that cause of death as COVID. So we've seen this time and time again where these people are saying, I mean, Dr. Burks even said, you know, it's listed as COVID death. So we know these numbers are being inflated. I don't know where I was going with that. I just completely lost my train of thought. All right. Well, 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 is, is this AG, is he a GOP member? A, a GOP. Well, he's an attorney general. I mean, he's a Republican. Yes, he is a Republican. Yeah. Okay. So he's a Republican. So that moves on to the next point that we want to talk about is why are they so pussified? Yeah. Well, I have a few thoughts on that, but, and that's definitely a discussion we need to get into. Um, 
kind of wanted to talk about a few other things first, though. <laughs> yeah, get into it. That, that, that was just a perfect segue I gave you, but okay. <laughs> I, I tried to fix up your mistake there, Gloria, but all right. Well, so... <laughs> so, yeah. So, so well, okay. So, if you want to go there right now, go ahead and bring us up to date on Maxwell Edge. Okay, yeah, because I think that the reason why is because uh, this her point she wanted to make on geo certain GOP members um, is in relation to this Maxwell case. So I'll just give you a few brief bullet points and we can give our thoughts on Maxwell. But in case you, uh, I don't know, were under a rock for the past week, you <laughs> didn't notice that um, Maxwell had her first hearing. Uh, we were able to at least listen into that, um, to that hearing, and Maxwell did plead guilty. Uh, the trial date is scheduled for July twelfth, twenty twenty one. So we're talking like a year from now. Um, she it was revealed in the in the hearing that she had attempted to conceal some assets, including that New Hampshire home. Um, by po even going as far as like posing as a journalist. She named herself Janet Marshall. Uh, she purchased that thing under an LLC uh, to conceal it. Um, but we also found out, and here's kind of a bombshell, we found out in that hearing that uh, Maxwell has a secret marriage. And we don't know who that person is, uh, but the prosecution was upset because the defense didn't disclose that, um, that the, the assets connected to Maxwell's spouse. Um, so I, I have a feeling that she likely, this, this marriage was likely another attempt to conceal more assets. Yeah. Um, just, just, just to take you back for a minute, didn't she plead not guilty? Didn't I say that or did I say guilty? You said guilty. Oh, yeah, she, I, I thought I heard that too. Yeah, she pled not guilty. She pled not guilty, pled not sorry. Guilty. <laughs> okay, continue. Well, that's it. <laughs> That's it. And she was and she was denied bail. They considered her a flight risk. Yes. Oh, of course she's a flight risk. Right. Well, yeah. we were a little worried there because of the judge, um, Judge Nathan. We've talked about her in the last podcast. She was an Obama appointee. She has close ties with Obama. Worked um, at the White House on the White House Council. Uh, so we were a little. I was a little concerned about this judge. Uh, then also, uh, this this judge has dismissed other or her let other people that were possible flight risks out uh, due to this whole COVID situation. And the attorney, Maxwell's attorney, did bring that up as one argument to let her uh, be bailed out. Um, so um, I'm, 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 I'm worried at this 2021 situation. I know. We've got like a whole year. Uh, mm. Wasn't there something, I don't know if they have to provide some sort of documentation. There was some date in there in December. I can't remember what that was for. I know the main trial was like set for July, but there was something coming up in December too. I just don't have it in front of me. No, I didn't say that, but that, that, that worries me. That, that, that gives them a year mm -hmm. to plan whatever they're going to plan against Maxwell. Well, it and also means... It also means she's sitting there for a year. And who was it? Uh, Geraldo. Geraldo Rivera, who just annoys the heck out of me, comes out saying, tw he tweets out that this was just awful that during COVID, she has to sit in isolation in jail for a year. That's not, you know, this is not justice and yada 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 like defending her and yeah. from a standpoint of from the standpoint of law of you know you're innocent until proven guilty i can i can understand that but we it's just his language of how he put it was so in defense of her that it was a little um it's bizarre shocking. yeah it's so, bizarre um, yes, yes um because yeah, I get it. Yada, yada, yada. Innocent until proven guilty. But holy crap, do we have a ton of evidence on this woman? I mean, well, we've been talking about it for years. Nobody's going to be rushing to her defense unless she has something on them. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And so I'm wondering the timing of it all. So the FBI has said. They've been 
tracking her all this time. They've been keeping tabs on her all this time. How long ago was it? Do, do you guys remember? I don't have the date in my head when Epstein didn't kill himself. It's been almost a year or about a year. So, and this stuff all started, you know, well before that. So this is how long they've been keeping tabs on her. My question is, when did they nab her? Was it, it was just, just like a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. Okay. So a few months before the election, they go in, they raid, raid her place. And I want to say it was within just a couple of days of her arrest. All of a sudden I see coming out in the news everywhere that Maxwell's going to name names. One of her closest friends is saying she's going to name names and they've got like a thousand tapes of, of evidence and proof that they scooped up and yada, yada. And my first thought, like that just did not sit well with me. Who's going to come out and say that? I mean, to me, that was an alarm bell. That was a warning to people. Mm -hmm. We've got all this blackmail on you. So you better keep quiet. And I just look, we know that there is corruption throughout on the left and the right. And whereas the Democrats seem to be the ones behind all the major agenda pushes, there are plenty of people on the right who have, who are doing prison now. In fact, some of them, you know, the whole Arkansas swamp that I reported on, those were like half Republican, half Democrat with money laundering and all kinds of stuff. So, um, I cannot help but wonder in the timing of this and that, that alarm being sounded off that everyone better keep quiet and everyone better allow this agenda to carry out. And then I step back and I look at, you know, a lot of people have been getting frustrated lately, including myself, like where the hell is the GOP in all this? Why are they not standing up and fighting for our constitutional rights? Why are they not speaking up? We all know, we've all been reporting these, these falsified, escalated numbers to keep us in lockdown, to, to illegally try to force us to wear masks, to threaten fines against us. The amount of, of psychological warfare they are playing out on people, and the GOP has done nothing. And many of them have law backgrounds. There's, there's no reason why, you know, look at, um, I don't know if I'm saying it right, Sabanati, uh, he, he's like a district rep in Florida. He's totally going to battle on this stuff. So, so where are our main, like, GOP members? Why are they not going to battle? And, and why are they not, even with campaigning? Have you guys been seeing any campaigning going on on the GOP side? Mm, no, not really. It's uh bizarre to me. I mean, I so saw I the just, Jeff Sessions as he lost. Um, I know, I saw that. This I week. know, there's a huge mixed reaction on that too. Yeah. I mean, Rubio came out the other day and said, mask wearing isn't a novel idea they, can't, uh, they come up with to control us. Surgeons, nurses, and dentists have used them forever to protect patients and themselves. If it doesn't work, what's the harm? It's, it's like they're working opposite against us here. Right. Right. I've never been a fan of Rubio. I Neither have I. Always seemed oh. comped to me. Yeah. Compromised. Oh but yeah. We know most of these people are. They they always do this stuff. They are so conserved. They just they don't speak out, and that's been a huge problem with the GOP and with the culture war in general. Is you don't have these leaders speaking up. They just they're happy with their position. They're getting paid. They don't give a shit. Right. Right. Just like, well, we'll try to minimize whatever criticism comes at us. We'll stay quiet if we need be, and we'll just do our, you know, do our job to get our paycheck. Well, what yeah. people need to, what people need to wrap their heads around is that this Ghislaine Maxwell and Epstein case, it didn't just touch Democrats. It touched Republicans. It touched people in all types of business all around the world. Hollywood, we're going to see high level we, people. We're going to see high level people on both sides and people need to get ready for that because they're probably going to be some disappointing names that maybe people that you looked up to and thought, man, I, I had no idea. 
Um, so I hope that all does come out. We do need to drain the swamp and we can't do it until we know who has been compromised. Right. So and it's not just about the pedophilia, which is horrific enough. These people are professional blackmailers. So they could have blackmail on someone for, you know, and on something totally outside of pedophilia. Um, so I just can't help but wonder the timing of this. I just find it very curious, especially a friend sending this alarm warning out that they've got, you know, all the goods and she's going to name names. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it definitely sounds like an intimidation factor. Like you better stay in line, you better stay in check or right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So did you see the letter, the op-ed that Peter Navarro did? So he heard about it. I didn't see it, it itself. This came out this week too. It was very, very short. Um, however, it packed a punch. So he's an assistant to the president. He's the director of the office of trade and manufacturing policy. And he did an op-ed in USA today bashing Fauci <clears throat> and, um, basically said that Fauci has been, he went against the president wanting to close down flights from China. He um, was bashing him for telling the news in January that no one should worry when Navarro's memo said it was a deadly pandemic. While Navarro worked on mobilizing healthcare in February, Fauci kept telling the public it was low risk. Fauci kept flip-flopping on the use of masks. Uh, Navarro confronted Fauci with scientific studies on hydroxychloroquine evidence of safety and efficacy, but Fauci kept telling the task force there was only anecdotal evidence. And then he says, he says, now Fauci says the falling mortality rate doesn't matter when it's the single most important statistic to help guide the pace of our economic reopening. So that came out like within 48 hours of the other news about, you know, the Florida labs and then them um, removing the CDC from the equation of passing this data along. So those are all good signs that hopefully they're going to get to the bottom of these numbers and start exposing some of this so that governors aren't, um, using these numbers to create, you know, create unnecessary lockdowns again. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's insane. <clears throat> the mask thing has gone so far, man. I mean, and I don't know how much of this is real and how much of this is like a coordinated attack, but have you noticed the attacks lately, especially on the mask issue? It's like mm -hmm. there's an algorithm. <laughs> whenever the word mask is mentioned, it's like this horde of zombies. They just like flock to it and they're like, just put on a mask. Oh, dude. Twitter, I did a Twitter notifications are just riddled with it. <clears throat> I did a fishing expedition the other day for fun on Twitter, I wanted to see how big of a troll farm I could reel in. And so I just, I kept commenting on the trolls to see how many, cause that always pulls in more trolls when you do that. And I wanted to see, and it's, you know, everyone's got like zero to five followers. They recently joined their, um, their words and how they were trying to attack were so obvious. It was so clear. And I did that because I wanted to see, how many people legitimately were debating this versus how many trolls they have out there trying to control a narrative. And it was like 90, 95% trolls. So I'm getting so many lately on my posts, just oh. random posts, like so many more than I have in a long time. Yeah. yeah. It does seem coordinated to me. It's very, 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 I mean, it's always been coordinated, but wow, they've been amping it up hard. Yeah. It's, uh, and there's certain trigger words, like apparently masks is one of them. They get triggered if you don't want to wear a mask. Don't be selfish, be selfless. <laughs> they even use the same programmed language, you know? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and yeah, all of yeah, this, yeah. you know, it's, it's trying on us. Cause you know, the three of us were talking about before we started record, recording, 
how, you know, just getting through this podcast, because it's just like, we, the, it's, it, all this stuff just kind of weighs down on you. It's, it's heavy and exhausting. And, you know, it's, it's really hard to stay positive on the daily with all of the, the, the inconsistencies, like every day there's a new rule. Every day there's a new problem. Every day there's more BS we have to deal with. And it's really hard to just keep getting back up and keep fighting and staying positive. Um, everybody, I think right now is just feeling that heaviness. Aren't, aren't you guys? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, it saddens me. I mean, my heart's just breaking. I just, I see people around that are just depressed and hopeless. And then I, I see people that are in fear of the virus or, just feel isolated or trapped or, you know, worried what's going to happen with their money because we're seeing them cut back on accepting cash at major places. I think Walmart just announced, uh, Kroger announced that they're not going to have change to give out because of the coin shortage due to the, the Federal Reserve not minting new money because of the whole COVID thing and low staff and yada, yada, yada. And we all know the bigger play there. Um, they eventually want to move to digital. And, and, and most likely, I mean, based on what we've seen in the past and moving forward, it, it sure seems all evidence points to they want to eventually go like full digital. And then what does that mean? Do they have control over it? Um, you know, are banks going to freeze us out? Um, what happens to retirement funds or social security for people? You know, this is hitting older people really hard right now. Imagine like the last 10, 15 years of your life now suddenly confronted with all this crap and little kids. Oh, yeah. you guys, did you see the video of that little four-year-old, that brilliant little girl who was, yes. it was, it was sad, but because she was crying throughout it, she was, she was a little black girl. She's four years old, super intelligent. And she, and she like uses her hands when she's talking and she's very frustrated and she's upset about these lockdowns. And I don't understand why everything has to be locked down. And it was so precious and so heart-wrenching because this is just you know, I, I personally know some people who have kids who are able to play with their friends. But I know other people whose kids haven't been able to pay, play with their friends this entire time because their parents are in fear of this virus. So we see this huge mix, you know, <clears throat> different levels of fear and different things people are afraid of or concerned about. And it becomes very overwhelming. For, I think everyone has like either a family member or a friend who's, you know, even if you're not in fear yourself, you know someone who is. Yeah, I think that what I'm seeing more of is just people battling depression because of the isolation, uh, because of the stress and the conflicts that they're facing, whether it's at work or in home. Um, it's just so much all at once. And then also the lack of consistency, you know, routine tends to help people, you know, just have that kind of that baseline, you know, and there is no consistency. It's like every other day, there's a new rule, a new lockdown, a new this, that. And so, and it's always meant to keep you on your toes. You can't ever just calm down and, you know, relax for a minute. You're, you're constantly right. kept in this, this perpetual state of heightened awareness and, you know, what's next, what's coming next, what's coming next. And so right. that uh, for a prolonged periods of time, and I think we talked about this before with, uh, when Polly did that great video talking about how this is a form of torture and mm -hmm. psychological warfare. And it is. And what I'm seeing a lot of uh, in my personal life is just the, the, the level of stress from all of it. It's causing, you know, depression, sadness, isolation, all these kinds of feelings. And uh, I'm sure this is going on like on a really grand scale. Like a lot of people are feeling this way. Oh yeah. And there's, there's always just something new. It's like what happened with the squirrels the other day. One of them got the black death. Let's report on that. Right. There's a news article that just popped up then. Mongolian tea dies of bubonic plague. Like this is all to just keep feeding this virus narrative. 
Right. Right. Oh. It is. It's 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 heart wrenching. And I think the not knowing <clears throat> not knowing what's coming next, not knowing when you're gonna feel like you have some sense of stability or you know where to put your money, you know what to do with it, or you know how to prepare for this or that, I think that's throwing everyone in a tailspin too, you know. Hundred percent. They're really doing a, a, a good job on this and uh uh, yeah, I well, just, like, Victoria here's closed down, like lockdown again, just how we were like four months ago. The COVID uh, case is rising again, and we're all just back up. It's just like, when is this going to stop? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know. And Newsom just closed up uh, <laughs> pretty much everything. I mean, uh, did you see his series of tweets or he was closing up bars and restaurants and churches and salons? And he just had this huge list and he listed over 30 counties. But then in another one, he said statewide. And we're all going on lockdown again because of the numbers are increasing. And, um, but protests are still allowed to proceed, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course. You, you can't open your business so you can feed your families and so that your employees can feed your families because, you know, at 50% capacity, but we'll allow thousands of people bump and sweat in the streets together. Right. You can't go because worship either. Yeah, that doesn't cause COVID, Corey. Haven't you heard? Jesus. Then this is the stuff that's so frustrating that, you know, I just feel like there are a lot of officials out there that need to be speaking up on this. And obviously people need to be, I think a lot of people are speaking up on this and some people are trying to fight this. Um, you know, I just did a report like a week ago on the attorneys fighting for this and whatnot, but I just feel like there's more officials that need to be speaking out and actually taking action on this. And, you know, back in April, Barr said that if governors start overstepping their authority and infringing on constitutional rights, that he is going to step in. So I'd like to see that happen because you got to wonder do you think they realize, like at these top levels, they're in their own bubble, you know, very busy, very busy. Do they realize what's happening out here in the neighborhoods? What's going on with people? Like the, the actual struggle from not just the psychological struggle, but financial struggle. A lot of people are still hugely struggling financially from all of this. Oh, a lot of people are broke. Yeah. We're already there. Yeah, I think they realize it. Uh, I, I, I think really what it boils down to is that we're in the middle of a war. Nobody wants to actually come out and admit it, but we're literally in the middle of a war. And it's the deep state against the Trump administration and the population is caught in the middle. And we're just basically all pawns in their political game. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure the Trump administration is well aware of this. And, you know, some evidence to show that is one small example is, you know, icing the CDC out of the, the chain of command when it comes to reporting on these numbers, because they know they know that the numbers are being inflated in order to justify the lockdowns in order to win the uh, steal the election in November. So you can see this back and forth, you know, um, between this deep state and the Trump administration on this whole coronavirus BS with the lockdowns, the masks, everything. Right, right. And I also, this week I published the COVID cures versus COVID fears, which is an important read because it just, it, it points out sort of the, the differences in those two and what we're seeing right now, because there are treatments available out there right now. And it's just, <clears throat> and, and, and here's another thing. So I was on Google Maps the other day and I was just checking a route on something and up pops this little window with a woman's face with a mask on. And it has, you know, the CDC on it about wear a mask and learn more. So I click on learn more. And sure enough, there's the whole uh, CDC bullet points of a public announcement and how you should do this and how you should do that. And mask coverings may help, not that they do help, but they may help because we don't have scientific proof and certainly cloth coverings don't. And then I look at the map and the map is highlighted with all the little 
falls over each of the states. And when you mouse over them, it shows you the number of COVID cases and the number of deaths. But next to recovery, there's a line on every single state. They will not show you those numbers because they don't want you to have the good news. <laughs> they don't want you to know that more people have died in a car accident last week than from COVID. You know, right. it's disgusting. Yeah. Like the death rates are way down. On everything. Okay. Death rates on everything, on everything else is way down, which you're like, oh, okay, so did this person die of a car accident and get classified as COVID? Mm -hmm. You know? Absolutely. You know, and then we're moving into, so with the vaccine, um, we have the first COVID-19 vaccine tested in the U.S. poised for final testing. And this is, uh, so this is, let's see, the experimental vaccine developed by Fauci's colleagues at the National Institutes of Health and Moderna will start its most important step around July 27th, a 30,000 person study to prove if the shots really are strong enough to protect against the coronavirus. So they had already done, um, done a test on 45 volunteers. I, I would love to know who these 30,000 volunteers are, wow. And they were hoping for an immune boost. So they got some decent results on that. But the thing is, is typically with a vaccine, okay, you have to follow it for years to, to watch for adverse effects. They're obviously not planning on doing that in this case. And so they're, let's see, I'm not sure if they say how long after July 27th they're going to, um, I'm just scrolling through this real quick. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not seeing it, but I mean, there's, and there's other candidates out there too. Um, but that seems to be the one that of course, you know, Fauci, um, that's working on this particular one right now. So that's where we're at with the vaccine. They're about to do you know, these trials. And here's the thing. They have never been able to successfully produce a vaccine for a respiratory virus. And in Iceland, there were 200, and they, they discovered in eight, back in April, 291 mutations of this strain. Right. So, so how do you take something? It's kind of like the flu. They're always chasing the strain of the flu each year and trying to produce the vaccine that's going to have the highest efficacy rate for it, but their percentages suck year after year. And people right. still go and get these flu shots when they only have like a 19% chance of not getting the flu. Now I understand, you know, in old people that get pneumonia or get other things and they get the flu and that could be really deadly for them. But you got people of all ages going and getting flu shots. And I just, I just don't understand it. Yeah. I agree on the flu shot, flu shot thing, but yeah, the same coronavirus uh, vaccine is the same problem because of mutations. I mean, what are they going to be vaccinating you every season? I mean, no. Oh, well, so this one, they actually say that it's two, you get two shots. I, I, I can't remember if it's a month or two months apart, but it's, um, and they're saying that the, that the side effects from this first test that they did gave flu-like reactions uh, to the shots that aren't uncommon with other vaccines, such as fatigue, headache, chills, fever, and pain at the injection site. Um, for three participants given the highest dose, those reactions were more severe. That dose isn't being pursued. So some of those reactions are similar to coronavirus symptoms, but they are temporary. Well, I remember about a year ago reading about this in Africa where they were doing the polio vaccine, remember? And then all of a sudden children started becoming uh, paralyzed to some, some degree and they were getting, they were actually getting polio. Yeah. And yeah, it was a whole huge thing. And that was Gavi, Bill Gates, of course. 
where they're saying, well, it's, it's common that you, you know, you take on some of those symptoms when, after getting the vaccine, but then it goes away and it ends up protecting you against it. Okay, well, but in this case, you know, obviously it did not. And of course they will not. They'll never admit They'll never it. accept responsibility. Mm-mm. And the who will always back them. Yep. That's all who does is cover up. They've never been. I know. I mean, they've covered up for years. People are just now because of coronavirus becoming aware of this, but they have a long history of helping to cover up these kinds of scandals with regards to vaccines going bad and massive amounts of people. Right. It's crazy. Africa, India. I mean, it's bad. So, I mean, you can only expect the same sort of scenario with a coronavirus vaccine and probably even worse considering the fact that they're steamrolling this thing through. I mean, like you had said, development generally takes years, like a decade, you know, to develop a Mm -hmm. vaccine and they're running this thing through in less than two years, you know. Uh, There is some sort of war going on it because like an article just popped up then just coincidentally every article is just popping up for me at the moment um (laughs) russia has been accused of trying to steal information about covid19 vaccines well ag bar well ag bar just mentioned that this week i mean he did a press conference on thursday um today actually the day we record so but it doesn't come out to friday so that's why i say thursday um but anyways so yeah ag bar was saying the same thing in this press conference that china was trying to steal um vaccine information um developments here um just recently coronavirus vaccines because they he, he was saying that they were trying to kind of redeem themselves like it was a P- pr move they want to be the ones that come out with the the vaccine um yeah. and they were stealing it from us they were stealing our um r d on vaccines uh to do that um so but that was just part of what ag bar said this week in regards to china there's a whole bunch going on with china so um i wouldn't be surprised surprised if russia's doing it but then again i also wouldn't be surprised if that's total disinformation because everything that china does they always put it on russia you know <laughs> you know what i'm saying so yeah. i don't know 100%. Oh, man. Lots going on, guys. Lots lots going on, keeping us on our toes. Everyone needs to stay strong. It's um, bumpy roads right now. It's hard. It's very hard. Yeah. Speaking of that China thing, um, Speaker and I just wrapped up a recording, and it should be out this weekend. Um, we did a podcast on 5G. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, we learned a lot in this dig because, to be honest, I, I really hadn't pursued that that area very much in the past. So we had to do a lot of research on it and uh, found some surprising information. You know, there's there are a, a lot of, you know, the conspiracy theory stuff, um, but a lot of stuff is true, you know? So we kind of broke down what we thought, okay, we put this in the, there's truth to this and then others in the category of, eh, you know, maybe not, but. Um, yeah, there's, there, there was like, I didn't realize the gap between 4G and 5G. It's like. It's staggering. It's, it's staggering. Yeah. Like I could not believe. But China plays a whole huge role in this story because of the the implications that it has on who's going to be the next world superpower. And so we oh, get yeah. a lot into that, too. And oh, so, yeah. They monopolize the energy market. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big problem. And it's, it's definitely going to determine the future decisions that we make on this whole 5G initiative now uh, is going to determine who is the world superpower in the very near future. So um, yeah, definitely check that out. Hey, didn't, didn't the, the UK just like disavow? Yep. Just this week. Right. They just banned Huawei this week. We bring all that up. Yeah. We talk about all that. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Good. This should be a good one. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely, um, if that's out in time, we'll link it. Otherwise, after we publish, we'll link it. Yeah, it should, should be out, I think, about Saturday. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll just throw it in and link it on Saturday after this is published so people can, have access to it. We can do that. And that's on Hive Mind. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is H one V E M one N D on right. YouTube. <laughs> you <have to laughs> gotta get, get the spelling right. You there you go. All right, guys. Anything else? Or are we ready to wrap? I think we're ready to wrap. All right. Well, thanks for joining us here on Dig It with the speaker, myself, The Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and, of course, YouTube. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. Stay strong. Thank you.